Hey, Foreclosure Fix family, and welcome to another episode of the Foreclosure Fix podcast, where our goal is to help 1 million homeowners successfully navigate foreclosure. I am fired up today because you all are taking part of our first ever live series where I am live in the Six Notes studio. So thank you, Rob Hytha, for this beautiful background. Thank you for being here and welcome to the family. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing awesome. I'm excited to be on the show and it's a different perspective because a lot of times I'm talking to investors, but it's nice to kind of share the secrets with the borrowers today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you all find value in the content we provide here, please do us a favor, like, subscribe, and tell a friend that we are here to help. You can check us out at the foreclosurefixpodcast.com or on any podcast platform. So with that, I want to introduce my guest, Rob Hytha. Rob is a note expert. He has done over 10,000 note transactions, but most importantly, what he has done is helped over a thousand borrowers come to win-win resolutions. And so we're going to dive into his expertise today to learn a little bit more about what type of workouts, what type of things he has seen, specifically in the secondary note space. And when I say secondary note space, I'm talking about those pesky second mortgages that some people just forget about. And so Rob, um, again, welcome to the podcast and we're excited to have you here. And this studio is pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm a little jealous. I will say I need to upgrade my setup right away, right? Hopefully all the tech works because this is the first time with a live show for me too with a guest. So this is awesome. Absolutely. You're the host. Uh, so with that being said, Rob, please give our listeners a little background and help them understand kind of how you, your experience um, intersects with homeowners and foreclosure. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in the secondary mortgage market now for over a decade and primarily helping investors purchase and help the resolution process for non-performing borrowers. So we've bought all these loans that are really in a troubled spot because of the bank, not really being able to come to an entrepreneurial solution, an out-of-the-box solution for a borrower that has kind of hit hard times and, and needs that extra helping hand. So uh, a lot of the time that these borrowers that we're talking to are just so happy to be talking to a single point of contact and somebody who can actually understand their situation rather than be bounced around with the bank bureaucracy and talking to a different person every time, which unfortunately I know some of you guys who are in foreclosure might be experiencing that. So I think we can share a lot of tips to help that part of the process as well. And I know that's been the mission with the show, which has been a really great, important thing for, um, for borrowers to understand for sure. Absolutely. And majority of our audience are people who may find themselves in a precocious or precarious uh, financial situation. And they may be behind on their mortgage by maybe a couple payments or by, you know, numerous years they haven't paid. And so one of the things that I know you have specialized on in your career are second mortgages. And so in my experience in working with homeowners, and specifically in the Georgia area, I've seen that a lot of homeowners forget about that second mortgage or Maybe it was 2008, 2009, and they just stopped paying and they thought it went away, but it hasn't gone away. Shed some light on kind of your experience there and what you've seen in your uh, background. Yeah, so that's totally true. And I think it, it is partly the bank's fault because a lot of banks will they do what's called a charge off, where they essentially put the loan onto their bad debt balance sheet and they stop making calls and sometimes they'll stop sending monthly statements. And that does confuse a lot of borrowers because they haven't heard from the bank in several years. And all of a sudden, an investor will call and say, hey, we've purchased your loan. And a lot of borrowers, rightly so, think that might be some type of scam. 
They want to make sure that they have all the evidence. That's the first thing I'd recommend. If you do get contacted by a third party that's not the bank you borrowed the money from in the first place, especially for a non-performing loan, that you request that backup information. You want to make sure that there's an assignment of mortgage that's recorded to the company that you're talking to. So you know that the lender is the proper entity to release the lien when you do pay off the loan in the future. And you want to just make sure that they're a, a legit company. You know, do your research before you pay anybody and make sure you get that background information, especially on a loan that might have been forgotten about and then is coming back to light. One thing you can also do is check your credit report to make sure that you can see a trade line on the credit report. And not to say that every loan does report to credit. That is something that's not required for, for loan servicers, but it's an important thing to check you, you, either way because you do see that information um, on the credit bureau's reports uh, on your behalf. Absolutely. And so, Rob, you hit on a couple thing, couple key things that I think our listeners need to really understand. Um, assignment of mortgage or assignment of deed of trust, you know, keep in mind that that's a document that will be recorded in the public records. So if you did a title search on your property, you will be able to see that document in the chain of title. So you will know exactly who the last recorded owner of your note or mortgage or deed of trust is. The next thing you hit on is forgotten about, right? And so I think what frustrates a lot of homeowners is when some investor comes along and they thought the note was gone. They thought the mortgage was paid off. They maybe even received letters from PNC or Wells Fargo saying, you know, we are writing this off and they've heard nothing. And then somebody just pops up and they're alarmed, they're afraid, they're shocked. What should they do in that moment? Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, and it is important to understand that charge-off process because some borrowers misunderstand that that's still a collectible lien that's secured by the property. And, and some borrowers will think when that charge-off letter goes off that it's not owed anymore. And there was some additional confusion maybe five to 10 years ago with 1099s and a document called a 1099C. And the title of that document, it's an IRS form that's called a cancellation of debt. So I think that that was very confusing for borrowers to receive a document that says cancellation of debt and then end up, you know, still owing that money. So that's something that banks have stopped filing. Those 1099Cs have some mixed success in the court system as far as a defense for borrowers. Um, if you do see a 1099C that's been sent to you, definitely hang on to it and talk to an, an attorney about it. That's going to be an important person to talk to. In, in any situation, you want to make sure you have proper legal representation. Uh, but there's some things that you can do right off the bat. And and I think the biggest one, and I was saving this for your, your bow tie round, so I'm going to have to think of something else, uh, but a qualified written response. It's called a QWR. And that's uh, a request that you can make on behalf of the lender. You can send it to the lender to say, show me all the documents. Make sure that I've got that assignment of mortgage that I mentioned. Also, when you talk about mortgage, you're talking about two documents, the note and the mortgage. So they'll send you images of all of the loan file. And that, I think, is a really important first place to start. It shows that the lender is legitimate, and it also shows that they have all their ducks in a row and they have all the documents that are necessary to continue the next step of, of the process with you. So, Rob, I think that you are the first person on the podcast to actually bring up a qualified written response. So definitely kudos to you there. It's but one of the secrets. I didn't want to share it because it's kind of a pain in the butt for us lenders sometimes, especially when a borrower is like, and also I don't want it emailed. I want it mailed through like the snail mail. It's like, oh, I got to print out all these documents. I got to sign my name on the form. 
but it's it's important and i think that it's good to to share those secrets because that's what's going to help make your life a little easier and make sure that you're talking to the right person at the end of the day Absolutely. And I always like to say on this podcast, we like to share the dirty little secrets of insiders in the industry. And that's why we have folks who deal with this day in and day out, bringing you this content, because we want to make sure it's relevant to your situation. So keep in mind, if you are skeptical about the documents you receive, a qualified written response is a phenomenal thing to use and to request from your lender to make sure that the debt they are saying you owe uh, is owned by them and that you actually owe it. The next thing I'll say, Rob, is, you know, people come and they'll say, OK, I want to sell my house. Right. My first mortgage is current. It's up to date. And there's some second mortgage floating around in the atmosphere that I didn't know about. I can't find who owns it. I don't know what to do. What can they do in that scenario to try to track down the person or company who owns that second mortgage if they maybe have gotten a 1099C in the past and now they want to sell or now they want to refinance or whatever else may be the case, um, that the second mortgage holder is actually holding them up from actually moving forward. Right. That's that's a really good question. And sometimes there are challenges where you're not going to be able to find the right company. The easy step is to talk to your title company and have them do a title search, which you can do yourself if the public records of your county are on, on the internet. So you can go online and search your property address or your name and see the last recorded assignment. That's one place to start. If the assignment's recorded, that, that makes it easy. But you can look back to the last recorded assignment, if maybe it was years and years ago, and reach out to that company, which might be the bank that you borrowed the money from, or might be a third party that had acquired the loan over you know the course of time, and reach out to them, or have your title company reach out to them. At the end of the day, though, it's a great thing for the lender to get a payoff quote request, because that's what your title company is going to do. They're going to say to whoever owns the loan, hey, we want to pay you once this property gets sold. Where do we send the check? So everybody who is in this business loves to get that type of letter um, or that type of email message from a title company. Another thing you can do, and this is maybe a bit more advanced, but it's called MERS Servicer ID. MERS is Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems. And it's basically this uh, transfer repository for lenders to assign loans without going through the public records. And it's not something that lenders really use much anymore. Uh, because it is kind of opaque and you don't really know what's happening behind the scenes when loans are transferred within MERS. But MERS Servicer ID, if you look that up in a search engine, you can find a little tool to find the last loan servicer that MERS had records of. And that's going to be especially important if when you go to the assignments, uh, you see MERS as one of the assignees in the public record. Then you're like, well, where do I go next? MERS Servicer ID will help you there and give you sometimes out-of-date information, but again, another place you can continue to pull that thread to eventually find out who currently owns the loan. And at the last possible scenario, you might wanna to talk to an attorney about a quiet title action or something where they can um, essentially put some notices out that this lien nobody's coming forward about. And that's something I'm not totally familiar with, so you definitely wanna to talk to local counsel on that one. Awesome, so some of the things that Rob mentioned are things that take a lot of time. And, and I think one thing we always like to stress on this podcast and when you're dealing with anything related to foreclosure or loan servicers is that you wanna give yourself the most time possible. You don't wanna wait until the last minute. You don't wanna wait until the 11th hour. You wanna do things as soon as you possibly can do them because just because you're ready for the information and you're ready to get that payoff, you're ready to get that reinstatement, you're ready to get, you're ready to get 
um, all this stuff does not mean the folks who can get it to you will be able to do that on the timeline you have. And so we always like to stress the importance of taking action as soon as possible and not waiting. That being said, Rob, I would love to learn or hear about some of your most interesting kind of workouts that you've seen in your career. I know that you've seen all types of stuff. So maybe just give our listeners a little bit of insight into some of the workouts that you and your team have been able to craft or some of the things that you've been able to do for homeowners that were just out the box and just were not in the norm. Yeah, I love that question. So uh, one thing is really when you're a note investor, when you're an investor in the space, you're kind of serving as a financial advisor of sorts, not a fiduciary, but someone who's helping the borrower come to some resolution in their finances. Because at the end of the day, that's how we create a win-win. We can start getting that non-performing loan paying again, and we're able to help a borrower get back on track. So one thing is to look into other assets that you may have. I had one borrower who sold a school bus that was on her property. She was living in a renovated schoolhouse and there was an old school bus sitting there and she was able to find a buyer for it, maybe on Craigslist or something at tow the truck away and get it all cleaned up. And this school bus was able to reinstate her loan. A $10,000 sale was an awesome way to take a big chunk of that loan off the, off the table right off the bat. Um, actually, a couple of borrowers have sold cars, which sometimes, um, and this is a great lesson in and of itself, I had a borrower who we were going to work out a discounted settlement. So we were actually going to forgive a big chunk of the loan because they were way underwater and it made sense for us to collect that money in a discount. So we had an offer on the table and they went radio silent. To speak to your point of communication, it's so important. And we had to go through the foreclosure process. And it actually took until the day before the foreclosure sale for that borrower to say, hey, I want to keep my home, here's the full payoff. So they essentially lost the opportunity previously for a discount because they didn't communicate with us. And it was because they were selling a couple of cars and all they had to do was say, hey, here's the timeline. If you wanna work with me here, we can get the, the loan paid off. Maybe not at the same discount, but definitely a better deal than a full payoff the day before the loan sale deadline. So those are some examples. And I think one other one besides selling cars, because you might not have cars to sell, is a hardship withdrawal from a 401k retirement account. So if it's your primary residence, you can oftentimes take a penalty-free withdrawal from a retirement account to reinstate or pay off your loan. So that's something that you can work with your uh, retirement custodian to essentially show them that this loan is in default. You may ask the lender or the documents you already have from the lender showing that the loan is non-performing. Prepare those along with your hardship letter, and you can use that to essentially take that money from your retirement account penalty free to get the loan reinstated or paid off. So just another option. So think creatively about different ways that you can sell some assets or use assets that you have elsewhere. And if you don't have assets, then there's also in Chante in uh, your previous episode, gave some great advice about uh, state assistance programs. That's something you should definitely look up in a search engine as well, uh, because there's, there's funds available for borrowers, especially in primary residences. Um, so a couple of things to look into, but definitely do your research because there's these options available that not a lot of people realize. Awesome, Rob. You mentioned something that I don't think anyone else has mentioned on the podcast to date yet is you mentioned a discounted payoff. Now, some of our listeners may be familiar with a short sale where you are actually selling your house and you are selling it for less than what's owed. But you mentioned the discounted payoff where the borrower is getting to keep their house and they're paying the mortgage lender less than what's owed. Kind of dive into that a little bit more and help our listeners understand exactly what that is and what type of situations that may be applicable for. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And it's important to be realistic when you get in a situation requesting a discounted settlement. 
because investors who buy mortgage notes in this space, they reserve the greatest discounted settlements for the borrowers in the most difficult situations, especially with regard to equity. So if you have a lot of equity in your property, and you can find that out by getting the property value minus the balance of any other senior liens. Uh, that number, you know, if it's more than the balance of a junior lien, it's probably unlikely that you're going to be able to get a discounted settlement, unfortunately. But if you do have a negative equity situation, there's a great opportunity to at least request it from the investor. Now, one important point here is that timing is really important. If you don't have the capital available to make that discounted settlement uh, a realistic opportunity, then I wouldn't go down that track because that's just going to put the investor um, in a bad position as far as the, you being a trustworthy borrower. If you say, I want a discounted settlement and they offer it to you and then 30 days or whatever the timeline comes and goes and you don't you know, do what you said you were going to do, it's going to be unlikely that you're going to be able to get a discount on a modification agreement or another resolution plan going forward. So make sure you're honest about where the capital is coming from, if it's maybe from friends and family. And if you do have the opportunity for a discounted settlement and you do need to put together those funds, then make sure you explain that to the lender as well so that they know that maybe it's not going to happen, but I'm at least going to give it a shot. And that's an important consideration for investors in the space because we get capital back a lot quicker we're able to take a bigger discount. So timing is really important. And then the actual amount is important. So a modification agreement where you're paying maybe a down payment to get started and then monthly payments ongoing may, might not be as attractive to the investor as a discounted settlement. Even though it's less money up front, it's the timing that really matters to them. So it's definitely something worth com uh, having a conversation with the lender or the loan servicer. Well, Rob, man, that brings us to my favorite part of the podcast, which is the bow tie round. Now, I know you already gave your answers for that. So hopefully you got a little bit of time to think of another one. Well, for those who don't know, the B in bow tie round stands for your best advice for someone facing foreclosure. The O stands for one thing you are grateful for right now. And the W stands for your wildest or most interesting foreclosure related story. So, Rob, what's what's the B for you? The B. Yeah. What is the B now? Um, well, I think that it's to, this is maybe a more advanced strategy as well, but it's an option and it's called an interest only modification. If you don't have enough of a monthly payment in your savings or if in your monthly budget to afford the amount that the lender is asking for, you could see if they have an interest only loan modification option available. Now there's a downside here, which is your principal balance does not decrease over the course of the loan being paid down. Uh, most of the time, an amortized loan, the principal balance gets paid every single month. With an interest-only modification, it's a balloon payment. The whole balance is due. But this is a good strategy to at least request if you're going to be selling the property in a couple of years or if you're maybe in between jobs and you need a little bit of a break to get started so you can make that regular monthly payment later but now just pay kind of the bare minimum to keep the loan current. So an interest-only loan modification is an option that is maybe a tool in the toolbox to help get the loan back to, to a good standing in the short term. Awesome, man. So one thing you are grateful for right now. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's a really easy one because uh, probably by the time you see this, I'm a father of two. We're having a baby a week from the day we record this show. So that's, that's easy. But maybe just to talk about uh, this business, um, and it kind of sucks for free borrowers, but I'm thankful that as entrepreneurs, we're able to succeed where the banks have failed. So it sucks that the banks have failed a lot of borrowers and charge off loans and not, you know, working with their borrowers and instead just going through the foreclosure or 
forgetting about the loan and the charge off department. I'm thankful that we're able to step up and, and help as entrepreneurs to figure out these out of the box solutions. Well, awesome, Rob. I'm 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 grateful for uh, your your beautiful wife. She is glowing as she is headed about a week away. So um, he will be a father of two here shortly. And I'm also grateful too, if I can chime in for for your community. Um, I'm a part of the uh, Fixed Notes community, and I think it's a phenomenal community uh, to be a part of as someone who was in the real estate world. So that being said, let us know your wildest or most interesting foreclosure related story. Right. Well, there's some real downers, to be honest, but maybe this will put into perspective your situation. So uh, two come to mind right off the bat. Um, I had one borrower down south, I forget what state it was in, but they, um, the, the borrower's boyfriend kidnapped the borrower's daughter, took her out of state to marry her. I don't know what, why, and then ended up shooting her in the subject property, the, the home that we were collateralized by, multiple times. Oh, wow. Uh, she lived, thankfully, and, and I was really inspired by uh, the borrower's just resilience and the fact that, you know, all of these really difficult situations had occurred and she stayed positive and we were able to work together on the loan. So that was, um, like I said, a, a real downer. And, and this, <laughs> this is another downer. Um, I had, this was this year, I had a borrower, um, I think it was in like New York, and they had a, somewhere maybe north of New York, they had a, a home invasion. But the week before, the same criminal had stolen a car out of the borrower's driveway. And they went to the police and they said, you know, we need to figure this out. And the police were like, yeah, this is a guy that's been going around stealing cars. They didn't figure it out. They didn't find the guy. They didn't even try to find the guy. And the week later, same guy came in and broke into the house and stabbed one of the family members. And now everybody's got PTSD. It's like this horrible situation. And again, the, just the resiliency, the ability for these borrowers in this really tough situation to, to rise above that. And then we got a deal done when that was a discounted settlement. And I think this is a great point. Um, first of all, you may be in a really tough situation like that as well. Um, maybe not that bad, maybe worse. But having that documented hardship letter to send to your lender, to send to your loan servicer is going to be so important to really bring out the human element to show them what, what you're dealing with. And by the way, both of those, those borrowers in different situations, they provided the uh, police reports and all of the evidence, obituaries in the, the one case of the stabbing to show that, you know, this really happened and this is a really, really hard situation. So I think that there's some people are maybe pessimistic and like maybe they're lying. Maybe they're saying this stuff just to like get out of their obligations. Um, and that's a hard way to look at it, especially, you know, when there's numbers involved and there's investors and it, the, the money. Like you really do want to have that hardship letter documenting everything with evidence, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, that's going to be a big element of, of creating that connection to show why you defaulted. And we talk about this in the fixed notes community. We ask our borrowers three questions. What happened? Where are you now? And what do you want to do? And those three questions, if you can answer them honestly, really create the the impetus for the lender to come up with a solution for you. So I think, you know, those, those were tough stories for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think hopefully they can be inspiring to you to rise above your own situation. Yeah, Rob, those stories were wild. Um, you know, one of the things that we always want to reiterate in this community uh, on the Foreclosure Fix family is that no matter what your situation is, we want you to do something. We want you to put one foot in front of the other and take a step towards changing your life and fixing your financial situation. As Rob has mentioned in his stories, people go through things that are unimaginable, heartbreak, setback, and so many other things. But we want you to know there's a community out there to help and that there are people who are rooting for you to get over whatever challenges you have going on. 
Um, so Rob, we appreciate you so much for allowing us to come into your wonderful studio. Um, allowed us to be here today, allowed us to do this live episode. Um, if, if let our listeners know how to get in contact with you, should they want to follow your journey or be a part of your community? Uh, well, I got a great idea. Go to YouTube. This is on YouTube. If you're listening to it on a podcast channel, uh, head us up in the comments. I think that'll help the algorithm for, for DJ's show. And I'll respond to the comments on YouTube as well. I think that's a really easy way to start a dialogue. And hopefully some of the answers and questions will help others. So even if you're just, um, you know, have something you need clarity on or maybe a specific situation, if it's not confidential information that you're uncomfortable sharing with on YouTube, I think that it could help others that are in similar situations. So please leave a comment. I'll, I'll be checking that out and, and answering them there. Um, and then Fix Notes is, is my company. And if you can rise above your, your situation and you want to get on the other side of the coin to help other borrowers, uh, check out FixNotes.com. We all offer a ton of resources all about helping investors help borrowers. Awesome. With that, that wraps another episode of the Foreclosure Fix Podcast. Again, if this mission resonates with you to help 1 million homeowners successfully navigate foreclosure, like, subscribe, tell a friend, and check us out at the Foreclosure Fix Podcast or on any streaming platform. Thank you so much for being a part of the Foreclosure Fix family. We'll see you next time. I love you and God bless. The views and opinions on this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice. If you have a specific legal question, we highly recommend you contact a qualified legal professional.